Hear the word of the Lord from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great, great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good evening. I don't know about you, but this is my favorite night of the year. Tonight we gather to celebrate the greatest day in human history, the day when our dear Savior was born. We're going to take a deeper look tonight at the Christmas hymn, O Holy Night, the one that my wife and the band just sang up here tonight. O Holy Night is my favorite Christmas hymn of all time. Um, something, it, I mean, I don't know, man. Somebody knew something when they wrote that, right? Uh, the music is phenomenal. It's just hauntingly good. Well, it was written about 200 years ago in France and has been recorded by a plethora of modern artists from Josh Groban to Carrie Underwood and hopefully our own band soon if we haven't yet. Goodness gracious. Well, here's how it begins. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. In a lot of ways, this night probably felt like any other night, but it was a holy night. That means God was up to something special that night. It was a night set apart for the creator of all things to enter into his creation. The author of life itself was going to write himself into the human story. And what did the world look like at that time? Well, scripture tells us, and our hymn tells us, long lay the world in sin and error pining. Pining means it was degrading. Pining, pining means it was going downhill in sin and error. Remember, scripture tells us at this time, Herod was ordering the murder of thousands of children to try and snuff out the king of the Jews before he could become a threat to the Roman Empire. The world was an even darker place than it is now before Jesus was born. This afternoon, I watched one of the classic Christmas movies, It's a Wonderful Life. And in that movie, the plot centers around what life would have looked like if George Bailey had never been born. George Bailey, he's about to jump off a bridge. Things are going bad for him. He just says, I wish I would have never been born. And an angel shows up and says, oh, really? Okay, we can make that happen. And then he goes back through the city and the, the town, and he realizes everything is different. Everything has changed, that his life had made more of an impact than he knew. Well, this caused me to think, what would the world be like if Jesus had never been born? Of course, kids, surprise, we would have no Christmas and no presents, no Christmas parties or holiday cheer. 
But as I started thinking about it, neither would we have a St. Patrick's Day or St. Valentine's Day, or a Good Friday and an Easter and Thanksgiving. All of these holidays celebrate Christ or the work of Christians who have done great things in his name. Our calendar would be a lot less joyful if Jesus had never been born. But Jesus' impact goes much deeper than this. Christians have brought about more positive changes to the world than any other movement in history. Before Jesus came into the world, life was cheap. Child sacrifice was common. Babies, particularly females and those with any birth defects who were considered inferior, were commonly abandoned. But our hymn says, when Christ appeared, the soul felt its worth. See, in the midst of a pagan world that didn't care about unwanted children, children began, or Christians began adopting these children and raising them as their own because they believed every single person was made a mago day in the image of God. People matter so much to God that he became one. A thrill of hope. The weary world Rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Something was going to be different the day after Jesus was born that wasn't true the day before. See, Christianity has been the best thing that has ever happened to this world. In the 6th century, after Christianity had spread through the Roman Empire and taken over the Roman Empire, the Christian emperor Justinian, that's a good name, Justinian, declared child abandonment and abortion a crime. When Christian missionaries first arrived in India, elderly widows were willingly being burned alive on their husband's funeral pyres in a practice known as sati, to the worship of one of their gods. Christians got there and said, you have to stop that. The establishment of orphanages and hospitals and universities, which began in the Middle Ages, were exclusively being built by Christians. This is why our hospitals are still named Trinity, Genesis, and Saint Everything, right? Christians as people of the book and believers in absolute truth as defined by God also believe that everyone, rich or poor, should learn to read. And they worked for literacy and education around the world. The Christian Renaissance inspired more of the world's greatest and most valuable art than any other period in history. Christians built cathedrals, wrote poetry and music, and brought great joy to the world because they believed that God was the author and the source of all beauty, and God cares about this world because he entered into it. Today, we flippantly say, for another couple weeks, right, it's 2023. One of you said, well, wh why is it 2023? Or who says it's 2023? Well, Christians do. Christians decided to measure time B.C., before Christ, or as many of our kids are being taught today, B.C.E., which means before the common era, but should be more accurately called before the Christian era, or A.D., Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. Many today even want to argue that the founding of our own country wasn't explicitly Christian because there's no mention of Jesus in the Constitution. But that very Constitution says on it that it was written, quote, the 17th day of September in the year of our Lord, 1787, the year of our Lord. 
I could go on and on. Christianity has influenced the development of capitalism and free enterprise and representative government, particularly as it's been seen in the American experiment, the separation of political powers, civil liberties, the abolition, the abolition of slavery, both in antiquity and in more modern times. As our hymn said, chains shall he break. For our, the slave is our brother, and in his name, Jesus' name, all oppression shall cease. And Christianity even was pivotal in the development of modern science. It is without a doubt that our world would be much darker and things would be much more difficult if Jesus had never been born. And of course, we would still be in our sins and awaiting a savior and death would not be defeated. And that brings us, that brings me to our scripture tonight. Scott did a great job today preaching on this. I'm just gonna look at a couple different things. Verse eight, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field. Interesting, shepherds out in the field. The first thing I want us to see from this passage tonight is who God chose to send his messenger to. The word angel just means messenger, right? We actually don't know what an angel looks like. I know Hallmark has tried to tell us they do, but those cute little chubby babies, that is not. No one ever saw an angel in the Bible and went, oh, <laughs> right? Nobody pinched the cheeks of an angel, right? Well, he sent Gabriel, this warrior angel, to some shepherds. Now, I think the significance of this is often missed by modern readers. We probably don't have a negative connotation when we think of shepherds. The video did a little, little uh, kind of good job showing that. But shepherds were some of the roughest people in Jewish society. They were low class. They were constantly traveling moving their sheep around from pasture to pasture, living outside most of the, de most of the time. Anybody ever been on like a week-long camping trip, right? You didn't smell nice when you came back from that, right? These guys live outside with sheep most of the time. They were an unsavory and uncivilized people even unable to testify in court. A third century rabbi said of shepherds, there is no more despised occupation in the world than that of shepherds. Now, I don't think, I don't know if we have a modern day equivalent, but maybe it's being a truck driver, right? And we've got some truck drivers in the house tonight, right? <laughs> so shepherds, here's what I want to see. Shepherds were, were, okay, I'm going to get us in trouble. Let's just get us in trouble. It's Christmas Eve. Shepherds were the first century version of Hillary Clinton's deplorables. They were looked down upon and despised by the wider society. And yet that's exactly who the God of the universe chose to reveal his son to. He bypassed palaces. He bypassed the, the homes of the rich. And he went out to the deplorables. Verse 9. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Now this is the universal response to seeing an angel. Right? It's always accompanied by great fear. Now why? Well, one reason might be in the Old Testament, in the book of Kings, one angel killed 185,000 people in one night. 
That's a bad mamma jamma, right? So you see that guy, and you're, I'm not pinching cheeks here, right? Like, that's, so what happens? People see an angel, they fall down, and they think, I'm going to die. And the angel said to them, fear not. Those are the, the, those are the two words you want to hear, right? When the, basically a death angel shows up to you, okay? What do you mean a death angel? They're probably all death angels, okay? They're that powerful. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. This is who God chose to reveal himself to and his message of salvation to the nations. He chose to reveal it to shepherds. Says it's good news for all the peoples, but listen, it comes to the deplorables first. This would actually grow to be a common theme in Jesus' ministry. He came for all people, but the prostitutes and the tax collectors and the notorious sinners recognize him before the religious folks do. Jesus said in Luke 5 32, I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. This is the good news that causes great joy. If you see yourself as a sinner, Christ is a wonderful savior to great sinners. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior. He who was born that night over 2,000 years ago was the one who saves from every ill, every need, every sin, every punishment, and even death itself. He is the one. He is our Savior. He is the one who safeguards us from disaster and ruin and grants us salvation in the richest sense of the word. He is the one and only Savior of the world. Who is Christ the Lord. He's not only just the Savior, he's also the Christ, the anointed one, the Son of God, the perfect prophet, priest, and king who fulfills all of the prophecies from the Old Testament. He is the king of the universe sitting on the throne right now. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. I don't think there's any greater juxtaposition of two verses in the Bible than right there. King of kings, savior of the world, the one who's sitting on the throne, angels are announcing it, and you're like, it's, it's the baby. It's the baby wrapped in the cloth in the manger. Our God is humble, as Scott told us this morning. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying... Listen, this good news of great joy for the whole world brought with it one of the most spectacular events the eyes of man have ever seen. Gabriel is now accompanied, the text says, by a multitude of the heavenly hosts. The Greek word for host is stratia. It denoted a military unit, an army. So here we have an, this angelic army, and it's, it's huge. The ESV says it's a multitude. So think of this angelic army here, regimented and marshaled. Why? For the praise and purposes of God. God is saying, I'm doing something great in this world, and it starts with you. You're the first to witness it. 
And they begin to say or sing, there's a debate. <laughs> the greatest chorus ever heard by the ears of man this side of glory. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This army is gathered to give praise to God and to give a message of peace to those with whom he is pleased. God's work in sending Jesus to this world for our salvation is praised here both by giving glory in heaven, the angels are declaring it, but also by bringing peace on earth. Glory to God and peace to humanity. Jesus was and always will be the only way there will ever be peace on earth. We must bow our knees to Christ. Thankfully, it's just a hypothetical question, what would the world look like if Jesus never came? Because Jesus did come. And this is why we gather together tonight and we sing songs to worship him. I pray that God would give everyone in here the eyes to see the goodness that he has already brought to our world and the goodness he wants to extend to our world. We're still praying your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Our job's not done yet. We want to extend the peace of his reign to anyone who would have him. See, here's the reality. If you don't know Christ as Savior, you are actually at war with God. You are at war with God. And what do you got to do? You're never going to win that battle. The only way to be at peace with God is to kneel before him, to fall at his knee, to fall on our knees and surrender our life to Christ. That's the only way to be saved. You don't earn your way. You don't work your way into it. You fall on your knees and you say, I can't save myself. Christ, will you be my savior? I pray that he would give us the eyes to see the goodness he's already brought to the world and we can hear this good news of great joy and we can say with the angels here, glory to God in the highest. Our song goes on and it says, fall on your knees. And I, man, I, I didn't think I was too religious, but when they say that, I really want to do it, but I don't do it. Like I feel like I need to, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. But when we sing that song, fall on your knees, there's nothing more that I want to do than fall on my knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. Oh, night divine, oh, night when Christ was born, oh, night, oh, holy night, oh, night divine. And then it says the implications of the gospel. Truly he taught us to love one another. We're to be known by our love for one another. Families, as you leave here tonight, let your love for one and let your love for Christ and Christ work in you and your love for one another be your guiding principle tonight and tomorrow, right? Moms, I love you. Don't be mean to everybody in the house because you're trying to make everything perfect. I never understood that. I never understood that. Let's not do that, right? Dads, let's get up and let's be a help. Let's be a help tomorrow, right? Oh, 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 oh. Wow, I felt the Holy Ghost there for a second. All right. Kids, we love one another. We don't fight over everybody else's gifts, right? Right? 
some sibling is going to get the one thing that you were thinking about, but you didn't put on your list. They're going to get it, and you're going to get the opportunity to get really mad. Truly, he taught us to love one another, right? No fights on Christmas morning. His law is love, and his gospel is peace. Sweet hymns of joy. In grateful chorus, raise we. Are we grateful to God for the gifts he's given us? So many things to be grateful for. Let all within us praise his holy name. Why? Because Christ is the Lord. Oh, praise his name forever, his power and glory evermore proclaim. We have many reasons to rejoice. I pray that we would do that well tonight. What I'm going to ask the band to come on back, come on up. We're going to sing this song. We're going to sing this song one more time tonight. And uh, I, my child might be losing her mind. That's okay. <laughs> Let me pray for us. Father God, I thank you for your grace. What a mercy and kindness for God to become man. We can never fully wrap our head around it. There is nothing else like it in the world. You've made such an impact in our society and around the world in 2,000 years, and we want to see you to do even more in our city. Let your light spread. Let your peace spread. Let your hope spread. Let your love spread in our city, Lord. And we want to worship you with grateful hearts tonight. To, to you, all our praise and honor and glory we give. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.